what do you do before you buy, hold, or sell a property? Like one of the things that I teach all of my clients is that before you even think about buying, holding, or selling a property, the first thing you must do is learn how to deal with numbers. Consider it this way. If you want absolute confidence to move forward with your decisions and grow a property portfolio or a property business, which is the same thing really, then you should get your property calculations right from the outset. Okay, and that's so, so, so important. We'll be talking about how to get the right mindset, the right thinking, and the right type of thought pattern before you even buy, hold, or sell a property in this episode. We'll be talking about two things. The first thing is which is the right strategy for you to develop a good passive income? There's so many property investment strategies out there. What is the best property investing strategy for you? And the second thing we'll be talking about is property investment hotspots, like the biggest myth in real estate investing for capital growth research. Okay, so big, big topics. And I actually recorded this content more than a year ago. And I was looking back and I was like, you know, actually, this is just as relevant as it was like more than a year ago. So I hope you don't, once again, mind the audio quality. It's not crash hot, but the actual content itself hopefully makes up for that. So whether you're walking your dog, or you're cooking or you're in your car, or your bus or whatever it may be, thank you for being with me. And I hope you leave this episode knowing much more than you did coming in. Welcome to the Oz Property Investment Mastery Podcast. My name is PK and I help busy people build passive income by buying top 5% growth and cash flow property and build a portfolio using data without wasting months doing research, spending weekends at inspection or catching flights or dropping ten dollars to $20,000 on buyer's agents every single time. So if you're confused, lack confidence and just overwhelmed with all the information and marketing misinformation available online and don't know where to start, then this show is for you. Okay, so the first part, what is the best property investing strategy for you? How do we even come to think about or go about thinking about this question? I'm not going to give you the answer. I'm going to teach you how to think about solving it for yourself. I had a call with a person over the weekend and they were saying that what makes your strategy better than someone else's in terms of what I teach. And I said that actually it, it's not better than anyone else's strategy because um, there is no single best strategy in property investing. There's different things you could do, right? There's buy and hold, there is buy, renovate and hold, there is renovation um, or flipping, there is uh, rooming houses or multiple occupancy, there is... Um, development, within development, there's residential, townhouses, um, splitter blocks, subdivision, commercial, uh, medical centers, childcare centers, uh, service stations. There's also a really cool strategy that I know um, a few of you have been wanting uh, me to talk about called, I don't know exactly what it's called, like the fragmentation strategy. So if you actually don't have um, $50,000, if you don't have $40,000 or $60,000, 
for a deposit than Bricklet. Um, there's a, a good bloke called Darren, I think his last name is Younger. Um, he has a company called Bricklet, which allows you to invest in um, parts of an investment property, it allows you to invest in literally like a brick or two or three bricks. Um, so that's if you've only got $500, I think, I don't know exactly what the minimum, minimum entry point is. Um, but that's a great strategy if you don't have much to start with, but you want to get into the game. You can't afford a big house in Sydney or Melbourne or, or you know, a house at all anywhere, but you still want to get in. So there's no right or wrong strategy. They're on a spectrum of high risk to low risk, of high return to, to low return. And then within every strategy, there is nuance as well. Okay, so for example, within the buy and hold strategy, there is high yield investing, there is high growth investing, and then various shades of gray, how to get the best of both worlds. So when you're, when you're thinking about who you go with to um, hold your hand through the process, whether it's a buyer's agent or an educator or anyone like that, the right, answer, the, the right question is, is your strategy the best strategy because there is no single best strategy everyone is unique I'm completely different to everyone on, that's watching um, right now um, you guys are completely different individuals to everyone else that's a property investor in Australia we're all completely unique we have different levels of savings risk appetite serviceability um, all those sorts of things so there is no single best strategy so if you're shopping around um, trying to find someone that's going to make you rich based on some secret source strategy, that's, that's really not going to happen, right? The question that you need to be asking people that you're seeking advice from is how well do you execute the strategy that you teach? The strategy may or may not be for you. That's, um, that's not someone, something that it, someone can convince you. You know, you're unique. You can't put a square into a, a round hole. But if they do have a, um, a round shape, I'm going with this metaphor, and you have a round hole, so their strategy that they're teaching is right for you, the question that you need to be asking is how well have you executed it yourself and how well do you help your clients execute it? Okay, so strategy is number one. We always start with strategy, but there's no one strategy that's better than anyone else's. What I teach may not be the best thing for you, what other people's teach may not be the best thing for you either. What a third person teaches, that actually may be what you are looking for. Okay, so it's not that I'm better than anyone or someone else is better than me. We're all different. But the question is, once you've found the strategy, once you've developed your strategy, how well can you execute it? So for example, I'll just take the very basic example of buying in the buy and hold strategy. Um, where you don't have much time, you're, you have a corporate job, you have family, you don't really have time to develop and renovate and all this sort of thing. If you're doing the buy and hold strategy, then the question is, how well can you pick a suburb that will grow in value? Okay? And then how you do that and um, exactly what data you look at and how you execute on that, those are tactics. Those aren't. That's not strategy. Strategy is buy and hold. And then exactly the... Um, the way you navigate that, those are tactics, okay? So that's what you need to be looking at in someone that you're seeking help for from. Not just strategy, but how well they've done it themselves and how well they teach it or do it for you. 
So hopefully that, that helps. Once again, to, to Bricklit, um, I, I don't know the exact website, but um, check it out. If, if you only have five or $10,000, then this is a really good strategy that, that you might, might want to check out. In the second part of the episode, you know, a lot of people think that buying in an area with infrastructure projects will equal or equate to automatic capital growth. That's not really the case, all right? And here's why. So I know a lot of people think that, you know, as long as I find an area that, um, that has a lot of infrastructure being built, whether that's shopping centers or schools or train stations or what have you, that that will automatically mean that, that um, the suburbs nearby will become more and more popular and will become more and more you know, in demand and prices will increase, right? Infrastructure growth, they think, equals price growth. And it's a pretty easy um, equation to sell. Uh, it's a pretty easy thing to, to, to tell novice property investors that, yeah, you know, that, that's what you need to follow. Um, but really, it's not the case, okay? And um, I'm a little bit outspoken on on this, but you let, I mean, let's just talk about the suburb that I'm in right now, Bella Vista. About five years ago, there was um, a train station that was um, announced to be built, and a whole bunch of people came to Bella Vista. They saw that there's a new train station being built, um, or that was going to be built, and then that will mean that prices will grow. Before to get to the city, to the Sydney CBD from Bella Vista, would have taken you know, just over an hour on, on one of the yellow buses. I don't know if you guys know of, of Western Sydney, but there are these yellow buses that take you into the city. And it's, it's a bit of a hassle, you know, it takes more than an hour to get there and, and all that sort of thing. So people thought, they thought that, you know, a train station will really cut that time down. And, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people want to move to Bella Vista because it's a nice area. It's just really far away from a lot of things. Um, Fast forward five years and there is a new train station. Looks pretty awesome. It's actually a very nice train station, I must say. But the travel times to get into the, to the city are still very similar. They're still taking about an hour. You still need to uh, change at one stop, I think, one or two stops to get to Wynyard, to get to Circular Quay, um, to get to George Street, which is really where people want to go in, in the city. And what have prices done? Not much. You know, the prices haven't really done much at all. Um, so, you know, it's an expensive place to have bought. And I know, I personally know dozens of people that have bought here for that reason. Um, three years ago, four years ago, five years ago, paid a lot of money. Yields were not that great. You know, we're talking sub 4% yields. Um, so definitely negatively geared property. Hoping for the capital growth to come, but it didn't come. Okay, so, um, you know, that's just proof, you know, that obviously there's so many samples and case studies and obviously areas where infrastructure has contributed to growth but there are so many areas where infrastructure has misled investors and it's actually not caused growth at all right and this is the one that i'm talking about today bella vista so i just wanted to leave you with that just to say look when you're thinking about property investing when you're thinking about suburb selection don't be pulled in different directions by infrastructure plays and growth corridors and all these buzzwords that um, seem to get thrown around by you know a lot of people a lot, a lot of people in the industry that are, are well in um, intending but you know 
that that may not know the whole story do the research um it's all in the data okay so infrastructure it's not that it doesn't matter it does matter but you need to look at the data you need to look at other data points there's about 30 to 40 data points that that you need to consider depending on which expert you 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 talk to but the fact is that there is data that can predict growth can it predict growth to the you know percentage absolutely not no one can do that there's no crystal ball but it's definitely better than just hoping that an infrastructure project will cause growth and in bella vista i mean a new train station that's basically as good as you're going to get in terms of infrastructure and it hasn't caused anything i can give countless examples um petrie launton calendar in north brisbane new university thousand new students what's the growth been there in the last four years there has been some growth but it's really not been market leading growth okay because if you think about it initially a thousand new students how many teachers how many professors do you need you don't need hundreds of people a lot of kids are going to go there a lot of university students are going to go there but are they all going to live in petrie calendar launton no they're not okay so so many examples logan um a hospital extension i think there's another 100 or 200 beds i don't know exactly what that number is but how many more doctors how much more employment is that generating how many more doctors do you need for another 200 beds do you need 200 doctors no you probably need 10 doctors i don't know i'm not a not an expert um but another 10 doctors another 10 nurses another 10 admin staff another 30 people wanting to to live in logan is that going to sh to shift prices no it's not going to be a drop in the ocean right so i'm not saying infrastructure is not important right and i'm not saying that at all all i'm saying is that you cannot just take infrastructure and say that equals capital growth that's that's the point that i'm trying to make here right with all with all the integrity that i can muster um it's all in the data you can predict capital growth can you predict it to the t no you can't but can you say that based on these data points you can outperform the average yes you can okay so find someone doesn't have to be me there's so many other people out there as well but happy to help um find someone that can help you do this thank you so much for listening guys and i just want to say as well like let's continue the dialogue in the show notes there's actually a link to my facebook group with more than 25,000 amazing community members completely free facebook group join it and you'll just go from strength to strength by learning not just off me but other people some of which uh or some of whom are much more successful than me as well so join that facebook group and really you know get your game on and also of course if you don't already already linked to my YouTube channel with almost 20,000 subscribers. There's almost 500 videos there. And look, you'll just get a ton of value from it. As always, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for lending me your ear and I'll see you next week. Catch you later. Bye.